0: Welcome to episode 9 of the County Derry Post political podcast. This week we speak to Mid Ulster MLA Keith Buchanan from the DUP about the culture shock of entering full time politics, the importance of transport infrastructure west of the ban, and the challenge facing our young people in the aftermath of COVID 19. Why did you get into politics in the first place?
1: I always done community work uh, up around Pomeroy, sort of. Kick area I've met for all 18, seventeen, eighteen, twenty years now. You know, working with little different little community groups, sports groups, youth groups, etc. Mm-hmm. So I see it as a, a, a sort of an extension of that. Uh, lane, you know, a sort of a, a, a you know a natural step on from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all about helping people. Those groups that I work with, and still do, I, mean, I Still, do work with ninety percent of those groups. I still, do. it's a sort of a, my spare time, or my, let's call it my golf. Yeah. So getting into politics was just a natural progression from working with people.
0: And in that time, what's been your biggest achievement?
1: Well, I suppose assisting people and, and groups and businesses and individuals on the ground, which I suppose is the first protocol for you know a person or an individual or a group, uh, running into trouble or having issues. Let's just say so. Working with with my time in the community years ago to now, working with people is my I suppose achievement. And that's every day. So I the box of you don't know what you're going to get from one day to the next. Obviously, COVID's been very restrictive, but you don't know what literally walks through the office. What a person problem has, and sometimes that can be challenging, but it can be good because you, you know, you've a little bit of, well, you've a lot of variety. So my biggest to date would be helping individuals day and day, and, and making a change to their lives. And the ones that complain about politicians, maybe never have asked for help, or maybe never needed needed help.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: if you're helping those individuals. Day, see the benefit of you help them out.
0: And then on the other side of that, what's been your biggest challenge since you've been, went into politics?
1: The biggest challenge would be negativity of some individuals, whether it be in social generally in social media. Mm-hmm. Some people can be very negative, and there's only some, it's very but, but it does it can either sort of suppress the country by complaining and, and generally moaning. As simple as that. Instead of, you know, trying to see the positives out of things. But you do get some negative stuff on, on social media, not directly, sometimes personally of me, but just in general. Uh, and people either, you know, that are doing very little to friend, help their community or you know their community, maybe they need to look at themselves and say, well, maybe I could do something. You know, It's not all about everybody else doing something. Maybe it's up to them to step up to the mark and do a little, because everybody does a little. It makes this place a better place.
0: You were elected then in 2016, and you obviously were back then the following year, and you almost tripled your vote. And then you stood again for Westminster in 2019 and increased it further. What do you think it is, or, or what's your secret, I suppose people might be asking? Do you think
1: I should be selling that secretly? No, <laughs> no way. Well, the only way I look at it, I, I just, the, the same methodology that I do in my, in my politics is what I did in my previous employment. I worked for private industry for 22, 23 years well, more, probably 25 years. It, it's just work and I just try and produce for people. And, and now obviously you'll never, you'll never solve everybody's problem, but if you do as best you can, and probably we would have a high success rate of, of helping people and, and, and turning things around for people. So it's purely work ethic, simple as that. I refer to them as, as, as brown files in the office, where an individual has a file, obviously that's the way we work. Just continually do brown files for people, day in, day out. Go an extra mile, ring them at Saturday night, Saturday morning, Sunday, if it's an emergency, whenever, they, whenever the case is, whenever a person needs help, don't be afraid to lift the phone. It's not a Monday to Friday, nine to five, by no means. So we just continue to help people bit out and about on the ground. Obviously, COVID, as I said earlier, sticks out a little bit, but helping people morning to night and making this country a better place on the Ulster, obviously where I'm here, but it's, it's wider than that. Whenever you're sitting in the assembly, as you know, you're know, just passing laws from Ulster, you're passing things for wider, wider, wider,
0: one of the things I found interesting was you had the Assembly election in 2017 and then stood for Westminster in the 2019 election. Was there any reason you stood so soon after being elected to Stormont?
1: Well, obviously, it's a. It's a well, after. You know, the party puts up a representative in all areas, as you, as you know yourself, across the 18th constituency. So maybe Nemelay, I suppose, stepped into that, that mantle to do that. I'm mm-hmm. suppose my profile is there and, and I was selected to do it. So. You can maybe say it's a little for looking for punishment, but I probably wouldn't say that. But ultimately, no, it's purely uh, the party uh, puts a, a candidate forward in all areas or generally all areas. So, so I was selected to do that and I done it. And yes, it was so close after, but that's the way it was. So I just had a deal. Obviously, it was a, if you look back from 16, I didn't count them. Blame There was an awful lot of elections. You know, normally an MLA is in MLS, and then you, you can not breathe. But you five years of possibly that candidate could or may not, may or may not be running for Westminster considering the political issues we had from 16 with a lot of elections. So it got nearly, excuse the term, the norm, if you understand what I'm saying. So yeah. no no, no, no specific reason.
0: You've also, you never served as councillor. No, no, that's 100% uh. correct. I, I recall
1: the election, it uh, was on a Thursday, as it normally is. I think I was back to work on the Friday. I'm going from memory here. I can't remember if that was the Wednesday before the election or after, but I worked in engineering and the the running sort of theme was uh, the Monday was going to be ultimately a suit or a boiler suit. So from the election on the Thursday, I was standing in the Assembly, I think it was the Monday or the following Tuesday, whatever day it was, wearing a suit, obviously. So that was a massive change from engineering, practical, working on a private business, making things happen within minutes instead of days or hours or weeks. So from going from that type of environment to politics was a, a, a big, sh- well, I suppose shock would be the best way of putting it. So there was no halfway house between, you know, work, council, you know, a part-time basis at the full-on politics. It was immediate flip over a weekend, and maybe that's a benefit to be honest, you know, but uh, I just
0: took my work ethic from the the private sector straight into this sector. One of the things I want to talk about is quite recent. Joe Brawley, obviously, from our catchment area, uh, written an independent article yesterday where he said that a voice needed to be given to highly educated and decent Northern Ireland Protestants that have been drowned out by the DUP. Is language like that insulting to working class Protestants? Well, I
1: would say it would be, you know, it is, yes. You know, it is. Like, everybody has something to offer. Uh, and I th- I've actually seen a thing on, on, on a little comment on Facebook there previously where the, the Suez Canals obviously was blocked by the uh, cargo ship and somebody referred to the point that there's a, a man, or I don't know if it's a man or woman, on a digger. And ultimately, the world sitting watching one man with an NBQ and an X digging away to try and get this boat released to, to help the businesses of the world. They've not made that very simplistic, but the language can sometimes need to watch the language and we, we all to make mistakes but uh if we deliberately go out to offend or attack one community or the other or, or section within that community it, it doesn't help anyone it's more more certainly the person that's saying
0: it speaking of language see this bridge would uh, and another issue you mentioned the 2017 interview obviously the flag debate has returned to the fore recently with the decision the, the british government made about flying the flag all year round and in in England, and obviously here is different because you have the designated days. But you previously said of the Irish Limies Act that people should care more about bread and butter issues. Could you say similar about the flying of the union flag?
1: Look, we're in the middle of a global pandemic when weather, weather, and obviously it's affecting Northern Ireland, it's affecting the world. But, you know, if you ask the average man or woman or, or young person or whatever on the street, which is more important currently? So getting businesses open, getting Northern Ireland back to what it should be, Getting people, you know, back into settled jobs and secure jobs is more important than any of that. You know, to be honest, at, at, at this present time, there will be a day for that conversation. And I think some of our, our, our my colleagues were responding last week to that, based on the fact that the media had asked them to respond and asked their responses on it. We'll, we'll have the, we'll have the we'll have the flag debate. We'll have the language debate. But ultimately. It's not the most important today, but there will be a day to have a conversation about both issues.
0: Again, harking back to that 2017 interview, you were strongly against same-sex marriage. And in the interim period, that has become legal in Northern Ireland. Has your position changed, or do you remain against same-sex marriage? I'm an advocate of, 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 of man and woman in, in a marriage. You know, Some
1: people say you or the party is, is against people of uh, LGBTQ plus community, etc. Cetera, et cetera, that's not the case. I'm, I'm a quarter of marriage between man and woman, it's as simple as that, but I'm not anti-anything. And I know you're not saying that, Liam, but I'm not anti-anything. My point is, that legislation was brought in from, from Westminster, as was all the legislation. So... Uh, it hasn't changed my position. Obviously, it's changed legislation, but it hasn't changed my uh, you know, moral position on, on man and woman being husband and wife. It's as simple as that, but I'm not anti you know, anybody else of a different view. Indeed, across communities or sectors, people have views about different things, but I'm not anti them. I may be not supportive of that, but I'm not anti it, you know, so that's my position.
0: You've obviously, you've mentioned before also about the importance of the transport infrastructure in the northwest. How important do you see that and what steps have been taken to move it forward? Well, I am. I, I'm on the infrastructure committee up the assembly. So the whole
1: northwest, or the, or, you know, yes, northwest, west, southwest, call it the west in general, can be somewhat forgotten purely down to numbers. But, you know, there's a massive bit of engineering and business, which well, goes on all over Northern Ireland, but obviously up, up in the northwest and sort of through Mid-Ulster Belt. And, you know, I've been pressing the, the um, infrastructure committee, no doubt it's others as well, as, you know, getting the link up. You know, the Mackerfeld bypass has been... Completed uh, as we know, and then we're obviously pressing now for Cookstown. You know, we need to get that link effectively up from the, the M two, as I call it, swinging down to the M one down the west of the lock. So yes, infrastructure is very, very important because sitting sitting in roadblocks, you know, or not blocks, but in the queue, should I say, or traffic jams, is not benefiting benefiting industries. It's not benefiting benefiting the benefit e commerce links or commerce in general. It's very important. The whole the whole infrastructure, and I think prefer to the minister that's currently there you know she, she sees that that you know there needs to be you know a broad brush across Northern Ireland. yes belfast that east coast effectively a lot of people about it but the west is important too so i'm elected in the west
0: so i push the west you mentioned traffic jams there obviously there's a push for real development into the middle because if you look at it i mean there just appears to be a big empty space there where there's no real infrastructure at all is that important to, to push as well
1: yes yes but i would put you know it is important it is important to get rail into the west more is it economically viable suppose the conversation needs to happen needs to look at that but obviously the road infrastructure is there but suppose possibly before we start looking at it too much additional to modes of travel we need to get what we have in good shape and indeed get the road infrastructure obviously more people's are cars trying to get them out of cars and the trains it's not going to be a, a simple task people like you know their independence not saying it's the wrong thing to do but you know it needs to be the conversation it needs to be a look at that but at the meantime i would keep the recovery health correct get the road network good. you know without possibly going too far you know, from a financial point of view and then look at real real as well but that's going to be a challenge
0: another more recent thing you mentioned was that the the impact the COVID regulations are having on our young people how big a problem is it that you see in your constituency my, my own daughter obviously is,
1: is working at a levels at the minute uh, in the house not getting out anywhere so and almost purely my own personal circumstances but yes I, I do, it, it is an issue it, it, young people need to be with all young people or need to be out socializing or interacting with people in, in general so it's 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 a problem it is a problem but i think it's important that we don't not to uh, you know disagreeing as a problem it's important we don't talk until the bigger problem that it needs to be or that it will be if you understand where i'm coming from you know we, we, we need to help young people talk it around positively instead of negatively. Get them back into school and obviously that's all developing. Most recently there, get them back into school and hopefully things will relax and get them out and about and socialising and give them the help they need positively but try not to talk a problem that we well, know there is a problem and there will be a problem but we don't need to make it into a bigger problem by talking it up a few days We just have to get through it and give them whatever support and help they need and, and it's not going to be easy for the next year or two but you know, the quicker they get back and, and young people and everybody gets back to if you want to call it the new normal, whatever that may be, the better. I think we'll, we'll see the issues that arise out of that.
0: The Assembly at the minute, obviously, the election is next year. There's a bit of disagreement between parties. But how do you see the next election panning out, both for yourself personally and for your, your party's chances? Well, look, I would
1: say it's, 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 it's too early to tell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People in the midst of this pandemic, in the middle of COVID, they're in the middle of problems with their own lives, or their businesses, their, their, um, their jobs and the security of that. A week is a long time, so if you had an election today or an election in six months, obviously it'd be two different things totally two different things. So we just have to keep going and getting people back to normal and normality, and then they've more focus on their own lives and maybe would be less focus on everything else. You know, pe- people need to get back and be content in their own lives, and then they'll be more secure in themselves. But in pol- you know, a week's a long time, you never know what happens. So, uh, at the minute, I'm confident enough. We will go an election, face an election, whatever that may be, fight it on, on policies, whatever, and we take it from there. But the main focus for the next period of time is, is getting Northern Ireland back to where it needs to be and getting out of this pandemic. That's the, the main goal. The election is somewhat away, not that far, admittedly, but
0: we'll, we'll let that sit in the distance whenever that co- comes closer or whatever it can. I suppose then just to finish it off, it, it, obviously there is only another year of the assembly term left. Have you any projects that you'd be hoping to tie up loose ends on within the last year? Or have you any priorities?
1: Some some local bits and pieces we're pressing on continually pushing you know, on. A year is a, a short time for bills and that. Obviously sort of dealing with a lot of our own MLAs and the assembly composition I'm doing, with within with our, with our, our own grouping. So that sort of takes a lot of my assembly time up working with those. No bills directly, but working with all our colleagues and, and bits and pieces they're pushing through. We do we, we do suppose short term projects, longer term projects, different community stuff. You know stuff you can deliver in two days, obviously, or you know or a day, and there's all stuff that take months, and there's all stuff indeed we're at from twenty sixteen local community stuff up in the local village of Roy we're working on. It's, it's a broad range of items we're at all the time, uh, some shorter, some longer term, and continually helping our own colleagues and other colleagues to refer all our parties. You know to try and deliver bills that they're working on. This past year and a half. I suppose from last March it has just been purely morning to night, COVID, COVID, COVID support for business and helping business and talking people through it. From March last year, it was very, very, very busy, you know, continually talking to business about what support they could get, you know, from different departments. And now business are aware of where they get all that, so that is a sort of that workload has eased a little bit. A, a little bit, you know, generally more businesses are now tuned into where they get the help, what department they get the help, what they're entitled to. So that's supposed took a year that obviously nobody had planned for, you know, took a year of normal stuff, should we say, but obviously it's still important to them, and there's nothing you can do but just park what you're doing and work at that.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, give it a share on social media, or subscribe via your podcast player of choice. If you have any questions for future guests, get in touch via email on editor at dairypost.com, or contact us via our social media channels.